I believe I got a word for somebody today. You've come in here and you've been weighed down with cares. You're weighed down with cares. But I want to tell you about a Jesus who cares for you. And he said, if you'll cast your cares on him, cast your cares on him, he will take them off of you. He is wanting to do a divine exchange here. I don't know if any of you during Christmas time have had a Christmas party where you did the exchange gift. And uh, everybody brings a gift and, and you do an exchange and, and what happens is they're sitting around and you get to go open a gift and if you like that gift, you're going to hold on to that gift. Next person can choose whether to take that gift from you or go and take a new unwrapped gift. And, and uh, it's, there's always a popular gift that seems to be there. And folks can get pretty crazy in that. They will, they, I've seen almost fight break out over a Dollar Tree gift that just had some popularity to it. And uh, so that, that exchange is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is a God of heaven who says, I have a plan for my people. And if you'll come into proper alignment, he says, I will bring forth the image and the reflection and the nature of heaven here on earth. See, we're the moon and he's the sun. And if the moon and the sun are in proper alignment, even though the moon has no ability to produce light, it has all creative ability to reflect light. And that's you and I. We're created in the image of God. And while we are not the light, we reflect, we bear the light. We reflect the light of heaven. We reflect the light of God's love. We reflect the miracles of heaven. We reflect the plan of God here on earth so that as it is in heaven, it can be here on earth. That's why Jesus said, pray that way, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I want to encourage you today, cast your cares on him because he cares for you. Don't live in this, during this season or any time of your life. Don't live under the burden and the cares of this world. Don't live under the bondages and the damnation of this world. You have a Savior. You have a Savior and His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. And if you will embrace Him, don't just embrace Him at Christmas time. Embrace Him with your whole heart. Embrace Him every day of your lives and serve Him. And I promise you, I promise you that joy unspeakable and full of glory will begin to flow from heaven into your life and through your heart and through your experiences and you can know what joy on earth really is. You can taste heaven here on earth when Jesus Christ has been seated as King of kings and Lord of lords over your heart. Amen? Amen. Let's look in the Word this morning, and as we prepare, let's just ask God to do a miracle. Father, we come to you. Lord, you said that if we would ask and believe, that whatever we ask and believe, we should receive in Jesus' name. I ask you now, I ask you by the presence and the power of your Holy Spirit to do a miracle at the preaching of your Word, that the proclamation of this good news would go into the hearts and would go into the minds and would go into the bodies, that would go into the pocketbooks, that would go into the relationships, that would go into every aspect of every person that will receive it here present or those that are tuning in by the Internet or tuning in by radio or tuning in by television. Lord God, we pray a miracle would take place now as we approach your miracle Word that is the divinely inspired 
breathe by your very breath into our presence, Lord God, that we would read your word, we would preach your word, we would hear your word, and our faith would arise, and that we would be in a better position of alignment to reflect the miracle working power of heaven here on earth in and through our lives. Do a miracle in each person's life, I pray today, God. In the name of Jesus, raise them up to the next level. In the name of Jesus, encourage them. In the name of Jesus, open a door for them. In the name of Jesus, promotion. In the name of Jesus, healing. In the name of Jesus, provision. In the name of Jesus, I pray, God, a release of heaven on earth in a very special way here among your people, we pray. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, <clears throat> Amen. Amen. Looking at Matthew chapter 2, very familiar text for this time of the year, but I believe there is much we can glean from this as we study God's Word together. Matthew chapter 2, verse 1. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all of Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered in the, uh, with all the chief priests and the scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they asked him, so they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who, sh who will shepherd the people of Israel." Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared, he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child, and when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him. I've just got a note right here. The devil is still up to what he was doing here. He's a liar. The devil's a liar. The devil never wanted to worship him, and neither did Herod, who the devil was uh, housed in. He wanted to kill him and kill the wise men. But let me tell you what, God knows the plans of the enemy and God can, can, can show us through his wisdom ways that we can live even though the enemy is around us and trying to influence, influence us, we can live above that, amen? So we see that here. Verse 9, so when they heard the king, they departed and behold the star which they had seen in the east went before them till it, till it came and stood over where the young child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother. They fell down and worshipped him. And when they opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. I don't know about you, but I want to be more like the Magi. I want to be more like these wise men. Here, born before all of Israel a people who had been taught since they were able to even understand the language. They had been told the oral stories and they had been told through the, the Bible how there's coming a Messiah. And then this Messiah, the prophet said, would be born in Bethlehem. And there would be angelic announcements. And they were told of this Messiah that would come that would deliver them. This, this Messiah that would come and bring work miracles and work many mighty uh, acts from heaven on earth. They've been told this. They believe this uh, uh, as, as, as a head knowledge. But something happened and it never got into their heart. Because when it came, here Jesus is born, 
They're not even looking for His birth. They're not even uh, with anticipation expecting Him to come at this time. But I like these wise men, and I pray this wisdom would come upon us, that we would be a people of expectancy, that we would be a people that would anticipate that all the promises of God are what? Yes and amen. And if God said it in His Word, then we're anticipating it. We're looking towards it. We're looking with expectation. I pray this morning that as you are being prepared by the Word of God now to go into this week, that you would go into this week with a faith at a whole new level where you're looking to see the Word of God come to manifest in your life, in your family, in your health, in your, your business, in your relationships, that you're going to see the promises of God manifest, the miracles of God manifest, the glory of God manifest, the presence of God manifest, the power of God manifest that you're going to be like these wise men I'm looking out over the horizon with anticipation I'm looking for the miracle let us rise up and not be like the people of Israel who let the miracle come right into their presence and they never even paid attention to it I say it's time that the church would arise and say our God is a, a living God he's an ever-present God he's an all-powerful God and he has made great and mighty promises and I am looking for those promises to be fulfilled in my life. Don't wait till 2017. Don't wait for 2018. You don't need a 2020 in, 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 in the future for you to get your miracle. You need to be looking for it today. You need to be looking for it tomorrow. You need to be walking into it this week. Come on, let's be a people of faith because faith pleases our God. And if we walk in the pleasure of God, we're going to see the fulfillment of His Word in our lives. I love these wise men. They, they, they were looking for the miracle. I pray today you would make up your mind. You're looking for your miracles this week. You say, oh, but God's on a budget. He's not on a budget. If all the billion, six plus billion people in the world were to draw a miracle, the greatest miracle they've ever experienced in their life, all at the same time, the lights of heaven would not even dim. Let me tell you what, He's not on a budget. Because he's not, he, doesn't, he doesn't have to create a miracle. He is the miracle working power. It's just who he is. Just invite him into your business. Invite him into your family. Invite him into your situation and circumstance. And let the miracle presence of God manifest. Hallelujah. And how do we do that? We worship him. That's what these, these magi, they came and they worshiped him. Because they knew this was the promise of God in their life. Reminds me of a story I'd read about a missionary who early in, earlier in his life, he was a soldier in World War II, and he was on one of the islands, and when uh, the war was ending and, and, and they were leaving, it was on a Christmas, uh, that, that last Christmas they spent there, they had shared uh, the Christmas story with the islanders, and they, they taught them some Christmas songs, and they gave gifts and, and, and just told them about how God was the first one to give gifts and blessed us, and, and this was just a, you know, an opportunity for them to, to witness while they were there on Uncle Sam's dime. And uh, so years later, this one soldier, he went on to be a missionary, and, and uh, he is now uh, wanted to go back to that island. He didn't know wh what had come of the people, but he had an opportunity to choose a location to go. And he says, I want to put the funding and go back to this island. And when he got back there, he, he found there was a church there, and they had uh, given their lives to Christ, and, and everybody he met there were Christians. And they invited him to the church, and when he went to the church, there they were giving uh, gifts and singing Christmas songs and it wasn't even December it was it was in the summer
summertime, but they're singing Christmas songs and they're sharing gifts and, and, and so forth. And uh, so he asked one of the older gentlemen, he says, what's this Christmas in July? You know, what is this? And they said, oh, we accepted Christ many years ago. Soldiers told us about this wonderful Savior, the Son of God. And, and we decided that we were going to declare everyday Christmas. So, uh, so I tell you what, I, I think they got it right. That's how I want to live my life, where every day is Christmas. Every day, the Son of God is present. Every day, we have access to Emmanuel, God with us, and now God by His Spirit in us. Hallelujah. What a beautiful, beautiful story. Uh, and, and, and with that note, it's great to see, where did they go? We've got missionaries in the house today. We're, they were in the first service, Boy, Roy, Brother Roy and Sister Melania. So they were in the first service. Okay. I was talking to them between services, so I didn't know which one they were in, but uh, and from Romania, and uh, they're here uh, uh, on furlough, so uh, it was great talking to them. But I just wanted to say this concept of gift giving didn't start with America, but it started with the Magi. And actually it started with God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't that great? That God is not mad at you. God is in love with you. He says, I loved you so much. While you were yet a sinner, I loved you. While you were yet a sinner, Jesus loved you and gave his life. Let me tell you what, God's not mad at you. He's mad about you. He wants to do good things in your life. He wants to bring you to your creative order. He wants you to fulfill that divine purpose and destiny of which he has put the blueprint in you. He wants you to live with that joy, unspeakable and full of glory. He wants you to live with that peace that surpasses all understanding. And you'll never find it unless you receive the gift of his love, which is his son, Jesus Christ. Christ. We receive Jesus into our hearts to be our Lord and our Savior. Amen. But we see the Magi here are bringing these gifts unto Jesus. And what I want to do is, as many, many times we have in times past and pastors and Bible teachers have during this time of the year, we try to extrapolate uh, what is the meaning of these three gifts and, and is there anything uh, so theologically deep? Well, I've just prayed and asked God to give me a fresh word for you and for me today uh, from the idea of these three gifts. And the first gift that they opened up to him was the gift of gold. Gold. Now, gold represents purity because it has to go through a process to be, for its value to rise, the, the impurities have to come out. So they heat up the gold. There's a fire that takes place and it burns off the impurities that come to the surface and they skim them off and they let less of the impurities and other foreign matter, the more valuable the gold. And here is a representation of the very gift that God gave us in His Son, Jesus Christ. Because do you know for your value, because we were all born sinners, look at the person next to you and say, you sinner, you. No, don't do that. So we were all born sinners and we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And the wages of sin is death. But let me tell you what, we were born with impurity in us. It was in our bloodline. It was Adamic nature. There was so much impurity. We were not pure. We could not stand before God. But God so loved us that he said, I'm going to send my son. And Jesus loved us so much, he said, I'll give my life. And he came to the fire. He came to the testing. He came, and the Bible says he was tested as all of us, but without sin. So we know that the fire was placed on him, but it wasn't because 
he had impurity in him. The impurity was in us, but it was all in preparation for a divine exchange that he was going to do. He was going to come and take our curse so that we could receive his blessing. He was going to come and take our sickness so that we could receive his healing. He was coming to take our poverty that we might receive his prosperity. He was coming to take our burden that we might receive the freedom and the joy that he has for us. He says, I'm going to, I'm going to come under the fire for you. I'm going to step up front and take the bullet for you. I'm going to take the pain for you because I love you so much. I want to free you up. I want to see you blessed and highly favored. I want to see you go as sons and daughters of my father and as my joint heir with me as your elder brother that we can go into the fullness of what God has for us. That we can shake off the shackles and come up out of the bondages and come up out of the pain of life and live that supernatural life here on earth. Hallelujah. Thank God for the purity that Jesus brings to each and every one of us. That we can now declare that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. In Isaiah 1 and 18, it says, Though your sin be as scarlet, they will be white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they will be like wool. I'm telling you, the first Christmas gift is that Jesus Christ, He is born the Savior of the world. He has come to save us from our sin. Hallelujah. And he says in Isaiah 45, 22, he says, look to me and be saved. God says that to you. And he says that to me. He says, look to me and you will be saved and all you ends of the earth for I am God. And there's nobody can do what I can do. There's no other. Nobody can provide the purity. Nobody can provide justification. Nobody can provide redemption for you like I do. He said, I'm the only one. So look to me, he said and be saved. Hallelujah. That word saved in the Hebrew comes from a Hebrew word, yasha. And that word yasha says uh, to be delivered, to be healed, to be made whole, to be brought up out of a tight spot. I don't know if any of you have been in a tight spot today. There's pressure coming against you. You're between a rock and a hard place. Anybody ever been between a rock and a hard place? Not a fun place to be. Well, this word yasha says I'll bring you up out of that a tight spot, and I'll bring you into a wide open field, a field that flows with milk and honey, a field that leads you by water, that the still waters and green pastures. He says, I will do that for you. Hallelujah. So I believe God sent me here to speak to somebody today because somebody here has been, the enemy's been coming against you. The enemy has a plan and he's been coming against you and he's been bringing emotional pressure and he's been bringing financial pressure and he's been bringing relational pressure and he's been bringing physical pressure. Pressure. The enemy's pressing you in in one of these areas. But Jesus would say unto you today, look to me, look to me and I will, Yasha, I will save you. I'll bring you up out of the tight spot. I'll bring you up out of that pressure and I'll bring you into a pressure-free zone. Hallelujah. Yasha. So if that word is for you, receive it. Receive it. Because it also means to make sufficient. Free from distress. Free from distress. I'm speaking the word of God. Jesus said, look to me and I'll free you up from distress. I'll deliver you from bondage. I'll deliver you from the enemy. I'll deliver you from famine. I will deliver you from sickness. But you've got to look to me. I am the Savior. I am the Yasha. 
Hallelujah. And then Habakkuk, boy, he draws a picture that is amazing. In Habakkuk 3 and 8, he says it this way. He says, the Lord comes riding on chariots of salvation. There's Yasha there again. He said, God comes riding on chariots of Yasha to deliver his people from the oppressors. I mean, God, he sees the battle you're in. He sees what the enemy is looking to do to you. And he said, if you'll just look to me, I'll ride in with a chariot in the front line between you and your enemy, and I'll destroy your enemy. It's what he said. Oh, what a loving God. What an amazing God. Why should we be expecting great things this week? Because it's, he's on his chariots of Yasha right now. And he's ready to rush in to any situation, in any circumstance. If you'll look to him, you will usher him in to bring victory in your life. Don't, don't, don't neglect this like the Israelites neglected when Jesus was born in their very backyard. They neglected to see the miracle before them. Be like the Magi. Be like the wise men. Let the wisdom of God open your eyes to see the brightness of the glory. It's, it's a star shining and saying, this is the way. He is the Savior. He wants to ride in with chariots of Yasha, salvation, and bring deliverance to you. Isn't that good to know? Man, I thought so much of my life I was by myself. I thought if I couldn't pull it off, it wasn't going to happen. I thought if I couldn't sell uh, whatever I was trying to get done, sell it to somebody else to partner with me, we'd never get it done. Man, I worked hard. I rolled a big stone up a hill, and every time I would hiccup or take a breath, that thing would roll back over me, and I'd have to start over, and I'd have to start over. And it was like I was trying to make something happen. I don't know if anybody's ever tried to live a life like that. But boy, when I finally was exhausted at the bottom of the hill, starting over for the hundredth time, you know what? I got hold of the Word of God, where God says, I want you to look to me. I want you to give this project to me. I want you to give this business to me. I want you to give your finances to me. I want you to give your health to me. I want you to give your life to me. I want you to give the plans of your future to me. And, he, and when I did, man, I heard the horses come trampling in. I heard them bringing in the chariots of salvation, rushing into the front lines. And then I saw the enemy that I was so afraid of and fighting against. They were just completely annihilated by the power and the presence and the glory of the Lord. And then the Lord gave me strength to rise up and to climb into the very purpose that He has for my life. He'll do the same thing for you. He'll do the same thing for you. In Matthew, He said, in Matthew 1.21, He says, You shall call His name Jesus. His name is Jesus. Jesus. He is, he is that, that's His Hebrew origin. Goes right back to Yasha. Let me tell you what. He is Jesus, the Savior. He will save you from the works of sin. He will save you from your sins. Let me tell you what. You shall call His name Jesus. Hallelujah. I pray you will look to Jesus, that you will look unto God, for God wants to bring salvation. And that Yasha is more than you just go into heaven. If that was all, that would be good enough. But He wants to bring heaven to earth in your life here in the now. Amen. Hallelujah. His name is Jesus. Jesus. Jesus means Jehovah saves. See, Yasha is the very nature of God. It's who He is. It's what he wants to do. There's no greater joy you'll bring to God than to let God, usher God in by faith to do what he, who he is in and through your life. So, so it's not you begging God and trying to convince the God to come through for you. 
or begging God and trying to convince God to heal you or begging God and trying to convince God to meet your needs. That is a wrong mindset. He said, that's who I am. That's my name. I am Jehovah Rapha. I'm your healer. I'm Jehovah Jireh. I'm your provider. I'm Jehovah Yasha. I want to rush in with chariots of salvation and bring forth my, the manifest of my glory. Look to me. In Isaiah 45, 22, look to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. Stop looking to other things is what he's saying. Have you been looking at other things? Have you been depending on other things or other people? God says that's wrong. They can't save you. They can't provide for you. They can't open doors for you. They, they, are, they are just as weak as you are. He said, but look to me. Look to me because my very nature of who I am, just for my presence, is to bring forth the manifest of heaven on earth. Look to Jesus and you shall live. Hallelujah. So we need to turn our attention to God. I know this is a busy season, and I believe as Herod was trying to be used of the enemy to do the enemy's work, that the, during such a glorious season, I believe also in this glorious season, the enemy will try his best to get your attention on something else, to get your attention on the busyness of the season, or whether or not you got all the gifts for all the kids and the grandkids and the great-grandkids and the, and the employers and the employees and the gift exchange and all this stuff. And you'll get frustrated and you're running about and you're frustrated because everybody else is running about and frustration is everywhere. So it's easier to be frustrated. Let me tell you why. We've got to keep our eyes on Jesus. He said, turn your attention to me. Turn your affection on me. Stop being distracted by all the stuff that's going on around you and look to me. Draw on me, he says, and I will do what I do. I will be your savior. I will be your Yasha. I will bring forth the manifest of heaven on earth. Hallelujah. Praise God. What a beautiful picture of God. What a beautiful, amazing understanding of God. That helped me so much because I grew up like maybe some of you. I had this mentality of going to the Chesapeake Jubilee. Okay, we'll pick on the Chesapeake Jubilee. Okay. And then you know, go something like that. And any of you have ever played any of those games where you pay $1,000 to win a $3 monkey <laughs> that the stuffing is falling out of? Anybody? <laughs> Well, growing up, I, I felt like this is how God was. I'd serve God, and I'd be good, and I don't lie, and I don't cheat, and I don't steal, and, and I make it through the day without having a bad thought, and I earn, I'm earning points, okay? But then if I mess up, I lose some points. Maybe I lose all my points. But then I get, I get the jackpot, okay? You can hit the jackpot when you go to church, is what I thought. And if you went to Sunday school, you got double, 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 hallelujah. And then when you went to cash them in, if God was in a good mood, even though you were short a few, he would still give you the $3 monkey for the $1,000 you've invested. Okay. Now that's kind of how I thought of God. That's how I pictured it. It was a lot of me doing and doing and failing and trying to redo. But that's not what the Word of God teaches about him. He wants to come in riding a chariot 
in the front of the battle line between you and the enemy to destroy our enemy. That's what the Bible says. He wants to deliver you from your sickness. He wants to deliver you from your infirmity. He wants to deliver you from your financial bondage. He wants to deliver you from your, the oppression the enemy has had on you. This is his nature. This is his desire. So much so, he gave himself the name Jesus, which means I am Yasha. I am your Savior. That's who I am. That's my name. Don't you ever forget it. I am the one who heals and delivers and sets you free. And I am here to give you victory. Hallelujah. You will call his name Emmanuel because God is now with us and his name shall be Jesus for he is Joshua. He is the Savior of the world. They gave gold to him. They opened up their hearts. They worshiped God. They gave gold, the purity there. And then they gave frankincense. Now frankincense throughout the Bible has always been interconnected with worship. With worship. In John 24, 23 and 24, and now is when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, and for the Father is seeking. Do you see that? The Father is seeking. This is something God desires. What we're doing in here today is something that meets the desire, fulfills the desire of Father God. Because he is seeking such to worship him. For God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. Christmas is a time of worship. Let us not get so busy. I, I like what Pastor Rodica said Sunday morning. is Jesus' birthday on our Gregorian calendar. We're not going to argue when the exact day was. Thank God that the world has come into a consensus to say that on this day we're, represent, or we're recognizing that the Savior of the world was born. So instead of you arguing whether it was in the fall or whether it was in the later winter or the early summer or the springtime, let me tell you what, let's just rejoice in the fact that there's a consensus in the whole world, the majority of the world, look at this day as a day that commemorates when the Son of God came and was born here on earth. Hallelujah. And Christmas is a time to worship. Some people say, you're going to have Christmas church on, on Christmas? How uh, unfortunate is that? That's going to mess up our, our Christmas celebration. And I would say unto you, how could we not have a worship service on the, and worship the very God? And God the Father is seeking those who would worship Him. This is His desire for us to worship Him. What better day for us to gather and worship Him? But I'm here to tell you today, no matter what you're going through, no matter how hard the times are, let me tell you what, we need to take opportunity and worship God. We need to worship Him. We need to bless Him. We need to magnify Him because He's a good, good God. We need to bring frankincense unto Him, which is a symbolic of worship. It's the, they would burn the frankincense and the, the pillars of the, the smoke or the incense would go up before God. And the Bible talks about that's like worship ascending unto our Heavenly Father. Oh, I would say during this season, we need to be a people that lifts our hands and lifts our voices and says, Merry Christmas and God, we bless you and we worship you and we magnify you and we honor your holy name. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There was this little eight-year-old boy named Frankie and, and uh, they, he and his dad had planned to go fishing on Saturday morning. 
So that Friday night, he's so excited. He lays out his little fishing cane. He's got his little toolbox, he, uh, tackle box, and he went through all the little compartments and made sure he had his little bobber and had his little number six gold hooks, and he was going to catch him some fish. He was so excited. He even talked to his mom about, Mom, what are you going to fix us for breakfast and what are we going to have to take with us for lunch? Tomorrow's going to be a great day. Daddy and I are going fishing. But Saturday morning when they get up, it is raining cats and dogs, and they couldn't go fishing. And little eight-year-old Frankie, he got so upset. He's grumbling and griping and complaining. None of you have ever done that, I know, when things didn't go your way. And he's kicked the sofa, and he kicked at the dog, and he kicked at the cat. He is just really a little mad little eight-year-old. And his father's trying to explain to him and tell him, you know, well, son, the farmers need the rain. He's trying to look at the positive side, but little Frankie could care less about the farmers. He could care less whether he's going to have corn or green beans or, or potatoes to eat for the rest of the year. He just wanted to go fishing, and he was so upset. Well, all of a sudden, noontime came, and, and there he's looking out of the windows, and it looks as though the clouds break, and the sun starts to shine, and the rain dries up, and Frankie goes running through the house looking for Dad, 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 Mom, Dad. The rain has stopped. Can we still go fishing? And the dad looked out of the window, walked out on the porch, and said, Yes, it looks like it's safe for us to go. Well, they went fishing that afternoon, and, and all, I don't know if it was the rain that stirred up the waters or what, but the fish were starving. And they were, as fast as little Frankie could put his little hook in the water, he's pulling up a brim. And he put it back in the water, and he's pulling up a brim. He was just like amazed. He'd never caught this many fish this fast in all of his life. Their little bucket gets full, and his dad says, well, let's go home, and let's get mom to cook them up. Well, they got home, and Mom was so excited, and she gets the cornmeal out, and she gets the salt and pepper, and she's, uh, Dad's cleaned them, and she's uh, frying those fish and getting everything prepared. And they sat down and, and got ready to eat, and Dad looked over at little Frankie and said, Frankie, you're going to return thanks. You're going to pray. So little 8-year-old Frankie prayed this prayer. God, if I sounded a little grumpy earlier today, it was because I couldn't see far enough ahead. Some of you have been living a grumpy life. Some of you have been complaining. You've been whining. You've been murmuring. You know, you know who you are. You know who you are. Let this little prayer be your prayer. God, forgive me. God, if I sounded a little grumpy earlier today, it was because I couldn't see far enough ahead. I want you to lift up your eyes. When, when God had the children of Israel coming through the wilderness, you remember there was these serpents, these fiery serpents that began to bite them. And, it was, and they were going to die. And Moses goes to God and he says, what are we to do, God? And God says, make a serpent of bronze, put it on a pole and lift it up. And all of this was looking towards to the coming Messiah that we read about in Galatians chapter 3 where it says Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us, for curse is he who hangs on a tree. So it wasn't that Jesus just died for us and shed his blood for us. It was also important that he hung on a tree because a curse came on he. In Deuteronomy it says a curse comes upon he who hangs on the tree. So he allowed himself to be lifted up and hung on a tree so that our curse could come upon him, that his blessing may come upon us. 
So this is prefiguring that and pointing towards that. So Moses obeys the Lord and they make a bronze serpent and wrap it on a pole. You see it in the medical field even today. That's the same thing. And they lifted it up and they said, look, if you look, you can live. Look upon the serpent or look upon he who is carrying the curse for you and this curse of the serpent's bite will not have an effect on you. And the same is true for us if we will look ahead. Little Frankie said, I wasn't looking ahead. We need to look ahead, look up and say, wait a minute. I'm going through something right now. This serpent really bit me. I am in pain. I am going through. But I'm not going to let this kill me. I'm not going to let this take me out. I'm not going to let this destroy me. Why? Because God has made a plan. And that plan is through His Son, Jesus, who come and hung on the cross. And I'm going to look to Him... And as I look to Him, salvation is going to come. Hallelujah. With chariots of salvation, He's going to rush in and He's going to rescue me from what the fiery serpents have tried to do. Hallelujah. Oh, help us, God, to look ahead beyond the busyness of this season and keep our eyes on Jesus. The third gift that was opened up unto Him and presented that day was myrrh. Now, myrrh is connected with death, but not just death with a finality. Myrrh is used for the anointing of bodies for burial with its sweet smell because it was saying there's life beyond this. There's victory over death. That's what it was symbolic of. There is victory over death. Now, this would seem like a weird gift, but it's symbolic of the fact that this little baby had come to defeat death, hell and the grave. For the Bible tells us that Jesus, when he was uh, buried in the tomb, that he went into hell, the Bible says, and he took back the keys to death, hell and the grave. And he came forth on his resurrection and said, All authority has been given unto me. And now I give that authority to you. You have authority over all the power of the enemy. He is under your feet. He can by no means harm you. Hallelujah. It's what Jesus said in John 10 and 10. The thief comes but to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come to give you what kind of life? An abundant life. I've come to give you an abundant life. Let me tell you why he didn't come to give us death. He came to give us life. And what we need to know as a 21st century Christian, if you die, the Bible says now if you're a Christian, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. There's no soul sleep. There's no purgatory. Oh, there's none of that. That's no more. Jesus opened up the, the heavens and said, now my blood that I give as an offering and as a sacrifice for you will purify you and cleanse you and prepare you for victory over death. That's why he said, oh, death, where is your sting you have lost it grave you no longer hold us back because Jesus was born lived and died and made way for you and I to live an abundant life forever hallelujah I pray today that you will lift your eyes above your circumstances and situations and problems and everything look to him get your eyes get Christ centered Get Christ. This is Merry Christmas. Get Christ-centered. Amen. But let's do like those islanders and let us not only and let us not only celebrate what God has provided in and through His Son Jesus Christ at Christmas time, but let's make Christmas every day. Let's declare Christmas is every day of the year. Amen. 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 Would you stand with me, please? 
Father, as we stand in your presence, Lord, I don't know the details and circumstances that each person here or those who are listening are going through, but you do. And Lord, while I don't have enough in me to spread out thin enough to touch every person under the sound of my voice, even all over in these other countries that are tuning in right now, but you do, God. And I ask you now, God, that as we would take this moment, as we enter into this Christmas season, and lift up our eyes over our circumstances, lift up our eyes over our pain, lift up our eyes over the struggles, and look upon you. And that we would turn our hearts to you. And we would do like the Magi did. They opened their heart to you and they opened their treasures to you. Lord, that right now we would open our heart to you. And we know, God, that if you are not Lord of all, you're not Lord at all. And as you were born to be king here on this earth, the majority never recognized your lordship. But the Magi did. Let us be like these wise men today, God, and, and not ignore and, and, and look to other things, but that we would look to your lordship right now. And we would declare that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. Not only over this world, but over my life. Would you say that now? Jesus, Jesus, come into my heart. Be seated upon the throne of my life as the King and the Lord of my life. Just tell Him, I surrender all. I surrender my life. I surrender my past. I surrender my present. I surrender my future. I surrender all to you, Jesus. All to thee. I surrender. I am yours. You are mine. And I will live my life for you. The Bible says, lift up your eyes, lift up your eyes and look on Him for He will bring salvation. I pray right now as you lift up your eyes unto Jesus and usher Him in and welcome Him in that you would receive His salvation work, that the Yasha of healing and deliverance and provision and righteousness and deliverance and everything that He has, you would receive it right now in the name of Jesus. To Him be the glory, the honor, and the praise. With every head bowed and every eye closed, is there anyone here that would say, Pastor, I have for the first time opened my life and opened my heart to God, and I've invited Jesus Christ to be my Lord and Savior today. I want you to pray for me this week. I want you to lift me up and remember me as I have yielded and given Him my all. Hallelujah. Father God, we just thank you. We thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for those. We thank you, Lord God, for every person here. And that God, as we go into this week, we thank you that as we look to you, we're going to bring forth testimony of your delivering power. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Hallelujah.